This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Hello and welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. You can follow me on Twitter, sdrotar, if you like. And on this program, if you haven't had a chance to hear it before and you're new, usually when it comes to hockey season, I have a co-host, one Nate Lundy. He is off this week, but I will take you through three of the games on Friday's schedule. We'll hit more of the late ones so you have the most time possible to take a look at uh, situations like this and catch up on the injury reports and everything you need to do to make sure that you have the best opportunity to succeed in betting tonight. We'll start off with the Florida Panthers who head to Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks 18-18-3 on the season, 8-7-1 at home. If you can't tell what that means, well, it means they're pretty mediocre. That said, they're on a two-game winning streak. They've knocked off Washington and Nashville in successive games, and they're rested. They haven't had to play since Tuesday. On the other side, you have Florida. Now, Florida played last night. Florida, one of the best teams in all of hockey, of course, 27-8-5. We talked about them yesterday on the podcast, where they were 5-5-5 five, five, and five on the road. They're better than that now because last night, Sergei Bobrovsky had 40 saves as the Panthers shut out the Edmonton Oilers 6 to nothing. Edmonton, of course, on a remarkable tailspin, and Florida continuing to roll since the restart of the season at roughly uh, New Year's. They have only lost two games, and one of those was in a shootout. So, obviously, when you break it down and you look at this particular matchup, Florida is going to be favored. And they are. In the money line, minus 200. Now, that feels like a good bet. I know the Vancouver's won two in a row. The problem is Vancouver just doesn't generate that much offense in general. 31st in the league when talking about taking shots. Only 32.8 per game. They average about 2.5 goals per game. Now, Florida gets a lot more than that. And moreover, they're really good at drawing penalties. Almost 10 penalty minutes a game, fifth most in the West when you're talking about that power play opportunity. So you have a team that scores well, a team that is good on the power play, and another team that, quite frankly, doesn't score all that much. Get this, in the last 10 for Florida, they've averaged 5.7 goals per game while going 8-1-1, and as we talked about there. So... Minus 200 on the money line is a lot, obviously. Now, in the puck line, you can go with the Panthers to win by one and a half for 125, a plus 125. And I don't hate that, to be completely honest. Uh, I think that's going to be something of a reasonable fit. The over-under of six and a half, I don't love. If I were to pick one, I would probably pick the under, where there's even money, a plus 100 on that as it stands today. But... Florida scores so many goals, it makes you nervous. Vancouver doesn't. To, to have any sort of variability in there makes that over-under a little bit uh, touchy, in my opinion. Something I'm going to avoid. If you don't want to go with that puck line on the plus money, but you don't want to spend that minus 200 on the money line, well, there is a happy medium. We talk about it on this podcast a lot. The 60-minute line, in which the Panthers are now a minus 115. That basically means that the Panthers win and it doesn't go to overtime you'll win no matter the margin. That's not unreasonable. Minus 115 for the team that's distinctly better, a team that almost certainly uh, stands to win this game at least, although, you know, it's hockey and it's sports and you never know what's going to happen. That's why it's fun. But obviously I like Florida in this, as does everyone. I'm not going to touch that straight money line. The minus 200 is just too much for me. But if you don't feel like taking on a lot of risk, the minus 115 on the 60-minute line is a good option. If you think that Florida continues rolling the way they roll, I mean, if they just hit their averages, 
over the last uh, half dozen games or so. Florida will win this easily by more than one and a half, and if so, you can actually get plus money on that side. A couple good scores in this game, too. Uh, Alexander Barkov, specifically, who had uh, a goal last night. Jonathan Huberdeau is a terrific player as well. One of the things I like in this game is the idea of maybe grabbing each of those guys from one of those player props for either the anytime scorer, in which you can get that uh, plus 120 on Barkov, plus 190 on Huberdeau, or if you really like throwing a dart, uh, maybe go with the first score. Right now, Barkov at a plus 900 on that. Huberdeau at a plus 1,300. So in those cases, you can put some on each. And if either one of them, as long as you put equal number of units, either one of them hits, well, you're going to make a lot of money. So I like both of those options too. But obviously, this is a great game for Florida if you are bold enough to take Vancouver on the money line. It's a plus 170. But if you want to take them on the puck line where it's one and a half, uh, that they have to cover, stay within two goals. That's a minus 145, so not a lot of benefit there. If you really feel good about Vancouver tonight, you might as well just take them on the money line. Or, if you really feel confident, you can do that 60-minute line as well, where Vancouver is a plus 240. But honestly, the Panthers are a big favorite for a reason uh, tonight, and uh, that's the way I'm going to lean. But there are ways that you can put that together to find yourself in a little bit of plus money. And of course, you can always, depending on uh, what site you're using, You can parlay a little bit and find a way to maybe take uh, a part of that over-under if you really would like to get onto it. I I don't, but if you want to pick a winner, whether it's money line or puck line, and then pick one of those scores, if it were to hit, it might do well for you too. But in this one in particular, I probably like just separating it out. I like the Panthers particularly on that 60-minute line, the minus 115. I actually like them on the puck line as well, but if you want to play it safe, you can go with them on that 60-minute line, and I do like Barkov and Huberdu. I like them both as, as anytime scores, but I really almost like it as a first-time score because you can put a small amount on both of them, and as long as either one of them, with those odds being so high, you will be in very good shape. That takes us to our next one coming up, and that would be uh, starting a little bit later out west. That would be the St. Louis Blues at the Seattle Kraken. Now, the Blues, one of the better teams in the Western Conference, 23-11-5, mediocre on the road, 7-7-3. Of course, that might not matter because they are playing the Seattle Kraken, who are 8-12-2 at home, based a little bit better, obviously, than their pace on their overall record at 12-23-4. But there's another reason to feel very strongly about the Blues on this, not only the difference between the two teams. The Blues haven't played since Monday, where they knocked off Nashville 5-3. The Kraken played last night. Now, talked about this on the podcast last night, too. Talked about the the chances for the Kraken to play well in this game. Started to look a little bit better against competition that isn't quite as elite. They knocked off San Jose last night 3-2. They knocked off the Chicago Blackhawks in a shootout 3-2 before that. The problem is for the Kraken. They're not scoring very many points. Philip Grubauer in the net In these uh, last two games, obviously, uh, with the second game of the back-to-back coming and Grubauer playing on last Monday's game as well, it is entirely possible that Grubauer is not going to play in this particular game. In fact, I would argue that it's probably likely. And if that's the case, then you're looking at... at, uh, Dredger taking the the role there, and when you look at Chris Dredger's record, 3-6 with a 3.18 goals against and a save percentage under 90. All of that bodes very, very poorly for the Kraken tonight. And as you would expect, it is reflected in the odds. St. Louis about a minus 185 on the money line as we record this, plus 140 on the puck line of 1.5. That one I'm probably going to stay away from because 
even though they have been scoring well of late, in the last two games they beat Nashville on Monday 5-3, and they lost to Toronto, but they lost 6-5 last Saturday. In the previous two games before that, both wins, including one over the Kraken. They played this same matchup in St. Louis last week, but they only won 2-1. to one. So I don't like the Blues on the puck line there. And I don't really like that money line at a minus 175 either, but maybe there are a couple ways that we can find some plus money in there. Now, the Blues and uh, the Kraken, obviously on the 60-minute line, very different. If you really want to believe in the Kraken, they're plus 150 on the money line, plus 260 on the 60-minute line. And if you really believe in them, I'd go in that 60-minute line. But given the fact that Dredger is going to likely be in there as opposed to Grubauer, Ah, that makes me nervous. I will say one thing, though. Dredger does have a better goals against average on the season than Grubauer. That, of course, should give you reason to pause. Both of those goaltenders obviously have losing records. Both have goals against over of three. Neither of them have 90% saves, so that's probably a scary spot. That said, I still don't necessarily like the Blues on the puck line tonight. I don't hate it, but I might go for it because the 60-minute line of minus 120 for the Blues, mm, it's fine. I think I'm okay with it, but I'm not going to go that way. I am going to go for them on the puck line at that plus 145. Even though they haven't scored that many goals of late, I am going to do it. The other one I'm going to take a look at when you uh, break all this down and, and try to see where there might be a good option. Again, I, I like the player props. Player props are a, a big thing that I uh, spend some time on. Obviously, in hockey, it's difficult to tell who's going to have a goal or even a point at any particular game, but... If you like uh, playing with it a little bit, and I certainly do, Braden Shen, of course, uh, had two goals last night. When you talk about, or probably on Monday night when they beat the, uh, they ended up uh, beating Nashville on that come from behind win. But uh, Braden Shen, Ivan Barbashev, they both ended up scoring twice. Now, they're not going to score twice again. At least you wouldn't bet on that. But the presumption is they're not going to do it again. And maybe they're getting a little bit hot. Plus 240 for Shen to score at any point. A plus 290 for Barbashev to score at any point. I like Shen more than Barbashev there. But when you actually look at the player props, they're way down. Now, obviously, you can imagine with guys like Vladimir Tarasenko and Brandon Saad on there, Jordan Kyrou, those are all very good players. Ryan O'Reilly playing well as well. This is another one on those player props. I kind of like it. All of those guys in plus money to score. But again, let's just say you're putting one unit each on uh, Tarasenko, Saad, Kairou and O'Reilly. And maybe throw on on Shen just for a shot. Well, here's the thing. That's five units, right? Tarasenko, if the first goal scorer, is plus 1,100. So if any of those five were to hit as the first goal scorer, bam, you found yourself a profit. So those are the ways that I kind of like to look at it when it comes to player props. You try to find a way to uh, maybe look at it, and it seems a little strange, but maybe betting multiple players on that first-time scorer situation can make a lot of sense. This one's going to be a tough lift for the for the Kraken to go ahead and win their third straight on back-to-back nights. They're just not as good. This is one of those where I'm fine going with the puck line uh, with the Blues, the minus one and a half. I did that last night with the Colorado Avalanche, who were in L.A. Even though the Avalanche were on a back-to-back, sometimes the difference in the way the teams are playing and the difference of the situations that they're in dictate a lot of that. So in this case, it's an easy one for me. I will go with the Blues. I will do it on the puck line. And I may throw a couple darts on those first scorers there uh, when it comes to the Blues, especially guys like Kairou and Tarasenko have a good opportunity to score. That leads us to our final game of the night. And, And you have two good teams, although one team is way better than the other. And this is where you head out to Anaheim, where the Ducks 
a very good team at home, 12-7-4, and 19-16-7 overall. Take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, it's the Lightning. <laughs> They're the best of the best. 27-9-5 on the year, 13-5-2 and two away. You heard that right. 13-5-2 and two away. They played on Tuesday, so they'll be rested if they're rested. It's been a while since Vasilevsky has not been on goal, but he's been something of an Iron Man. Now, back up, Brian Elliott has not been bad uh, in his limited time playing, 3-2 and two with uh, two overtime losses and a goal against a 2-7-9. But Vasilevsky, of course, has been Vasilevsky. He's 23-6 and six with three overtime losses, two shutouts, and a 2.2 goals against. This is an easy one to look at the Lightning. In fact, the money line reflects it. Minus 270 for Tampa Bay to win this one outright. That is obviously too much to take a look at. But it's even money to have them win on the puck line. Minus one and a half. Now, the problem is for Tampa Bay is that it may very well be that even though they're on the four-game losing streak and even though they're not scoring very many points, it really hasn't been Gibson's fault in net. John Gibson, one of the better goaltenders in the league. He continues to play well despite being on a somewhat middling team ahead of him. The record, uh, kind of throw that out. Goalie win-loss record. It's more reflective of a team performance in general. Gibson 12-10 and 10 with six overtime losses. Uh, that tells you he's keeping them in games, but the Ducks themselves haven't been able to make it up. His save percentage of 91.8% is right up there with Vasilevsky's 92.3. His gold against reflects that at 2.59, very respectable as well. It seems just on the moment, however, that Anaheim is in a strange place. Losing four in a row is problematic. Well... It's the opposite for Tampa. They're coming in at four in a row. Both one of these teams is red hot. One of these teams is ice cold. Now, Troy Terry has been extraordinarily talented. He's been very good. That's one of the guys that if, if I'm looking at a player prop, I like the idea of Terry getting it because he's the focal point of the offense. Now, there are a lot of great scores on the Lightning, starting with Steven Stamkos and with defenseman Victor Hedman, by the way, uh, leading the charge and many times on that power play. Not a big goal scorer, but certainly a guy that gets a point. So if you like the idea of a point type of performance, just getting a point, uh, a guy like Victor Hedman's a good fit. Eight assists in the last 10 games uh, makes a lot of sense there. This one to me is a, a tough one to go ahead and judge because the Lightning you feel are going to win this game. I certainly feel they're going to win this game. The money line is way too steep for me at 270. Even the 60-minute line at one is 155. I don't like it either, but I can't get myself to put anything on the Ducks. So that puck line at minus one and a half, the problem is that's even money to do that. That's a little tricky. But maybe you can look at someone like Stamkos at a, at a plus 125 to be an anytime score. This is a little trickier. So maybe you find that puck line and a Stamkos to score, and all of a sudden you can turn... Those two rather minimum deals into something that's a little bit better when you go ahead and put that into a a same game parlay or something like that. So those are the the ways you can kind of slice and dice things and try to find a way to make them work out. The putting those two together, for example, turns that into a plus two seventy five. Now you're still requiring the Lightning to win by two and Stamkos to score, but if you want to go ahead and and hop in, that may be something that makes a lot more sense. The choices here when you get to these kind of blowout games become a little problematic. One of the things in in hockey betting that seems a little strange is when you have what appears to be something of a sure thing, a team that's ice cold like Anaheim and a team that's red hot like Tampa, and uh, 
the scoring appears to be so different, you figure, well, okay, this is an easy thing to bet on. Well, it's not because, let's face it, they don't build all those nice casinos in Vegas by giving money away. They understand that this game is going to be rather predictable. So trying to find something in there that you like probably is going to require something like those same game parlays where you can go ahead and, and try to get a couple of things that make sense and, and work out for you in which you can make some extra money. So you have to get complicated at times. If you were to jump in and say, take the lightning on the money line where they are a minus 270, that makes things quite a bit harder. But on many of the the books, and I'm particularly looking at DraftKings in this one, you can then take the total goals. You can lower that over under a bit if you like. If you want the over to be, let's say, 5.5, which looks pretty likely, all of a sudden, now you're at a plus 140, and all you have to do is have the Lightning win and six goals in total scored, which seems very reachable. And certainly you would get so because the over-under by itself is higher than that. So those are some of the ways that you can find uh, some plus money in there without making a huge leaps in risk. Obviously, in these games that are blowouts, you have to be careful. It's one of the things we try to explain here and try to tell you and try to help you with here at Sticks and Stacks. That's what we do here next week. Nate Lundy, uh, our hockey expert, will also be back. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll catch you then. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast if you'd like. Uh, anywhere you're getting this podcast, wherever you're listening to it right now. First, thank you. Second, you can subscribe right there. And if you do well, hey, you know, tell your friend. Last night wasn't too bad. We'll do this next week. We'll get right back at it. My name's Sean Drotar. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.